Welcome to First News on 570. 64 degrees. Glad to have you here with us this morning. We turn now to Mr. Pete Callender from the Pete Callender Show podcast. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing all right. How are you? Good, good. Hey, congratulations on uh, moving into the new house. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. It yeah. Was... It's, a big, it's a big feat. Yes. You know? And in this town, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,. Uh, their sports programs are fantastic. Uh, however, their game plan on the academic side could have used a little bit of uh, coaching, I think. Uh, UNC got played like a fiddle uh, by this professor who was, if I'm not mistaken, she does not have a Ph.D. and was demanding tenure. Correct. Although, to be fair, the position that had been created essentially for her, they renamed it, but there's this, uh, there's a foundation and they fund you know, these types of positions in colleges all over the place. And it's the Knight Foundation with a K, K-N-I-G-H-T. And this is, you know, Knight Ritter Publications. The Knight Foundation comes from this, uh, the, their money was made in publishing. And uh, so they, they fund these chairs all around. Uh, and so I will point this out because a lot of people thought that the money that they were trying to pay Nicole Hannah-Jones, the creator of the 1619 Project at the New York Times, um, that this was going to be taxpayer money. It was not. It was coming from that foundation, which now has set up a new chair position for her at Howard University because after demanding the tenure, getting the tenure, she now rejected the tenure and the $180,000 a year gig because oppression. And uh, the, the, the chair position uh, was uh, historically it was always a tenured position. And apparently right. everybody who has held that chair before, um, they were white. And so therefore, that is the only thing that we are to look at, because this is what race essentialism requires. We only look at the race we, uh, of the applicants. We do not look at the work. But now mm-hmm. you have some people who say, well, she has all these awards. And that's true. She's won all these awards. I don't really care um, that she won these awards. Good for her. I mean, I'm not I, I don't want to denigrate the awards, even though I don't care. The people in the journalism field do care about a lot of these awards. But I care about the honesty of the original work that got her all of the acclaim, which was the 1619 Project and her essay in it. And the essay in it uh, was not accurate. And she was told it was not accurate, and they didn't care that it was inaccurate. They published it anyway. And she said uh, that the 1619 is the actual year of our founding. That should be the year that we focus on. And then when confronted with this by historians, she denied she ever said it. And then when people in the New York Times, Brett Stevens, the columnist, uh, uh, dissected the work that she did. She then claimed racism internally in the emails to all of the bosses and such. And on Twitter and social media, she does not respond to criticism very well at all, accusing no. people of being racist and sexist. And so is this so like I look at those things and I say there is enough evidence among what I've just cited to say maybe we don't want to invest the, you know, a, a tenured position with this applicant because mm-hmm. controversy is all around her. Now, I also would point out that she is a political activist, you know, with a byline and the, the, her entire philosophy of journalism 
is that there is really no such thing as fact and objectivity, uh, that we all have, you know, our truths and such. And, like, you can argue the philosophical differences between, you know, trying to pursue objectivity versus, you know, truth and all of this, you know, the truth or whatever. Um, the, but the, the core principle here is that she engages in political activism and therefore I would submit cannot claim any kind of rightful indignation when politics winds up on your doorstep, right? When you yeah. are now uh, the target of of political actors after you've been engaging in politics, this is my biggest beef with media. They pretend they're not in the political arena, and they are. Now, she admits she's in it, but then she's upset that, oh, my gosh, I can't believe politics is here. It's like gambling and, you know, the, yeah. the back of the uh, the bar. Yeah, it's uh, the whole thing was really uh, kind of just an incredible turnaround on the whole on, on like the whole situation. Uh, I got we, we've got just a, a couple seconds left here, Pete, but I would argue that I don't think she wanted the tenure at UNC. I think she always wanted at uh, Howard and that was uh, UNC was the stepping stone in order to get her the attention that she felt like she deserved in order to get that tenured position at Howard. Uh, I don't know. It's just. The whole thing was head-scratching to me. It was very confusing to a lot of people. Well, I, um, I will say at some point in this process, obviously, Howard made the overture. They organized the right. money around it. They put they set up the chair position. So, yes, at some point that did become yeah. the uh, the viable option. But I think initially right. she did want the job at UNC. She prepared for yeah. it. She was expecting to go there back in January. There we go. Pete, I know you're going to be talking about this more in depth on today's episode of the Pete Callender podcast. You can find that at thepetecallendershow.com. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you next week. Sounds good, sir. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. 819, and we are at 65 degrees now. Here's weather and traffic.